Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, we're talking T20 World Cup, Thailand women's cricket, the return of the Sheffield Shield, Australia and South Africa, England and South Africa, Nepal's first ODI against the United States and the Deem Shah's birth certificate. Annabelle Sutherland joins us on the phone to tell us how the women's team will never lose again. And Belinda Clark joins us live at CA headquarters for hashtag AskTGC to dissect your dreams Dad stuff and other weird things that are found in our DMs. This is all brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com or budgiesmuggler.com.au. Huh. Ian Higgins here, joined by Sam Perry, who faces me directly live in Melbourne right now. Um, Pez, you know, first question to you. Um, you know, it's this funny time of year where, like, well, international cricket in the men's sphere anyway is, is over for the most part. Well, in Australia it is anyway. You know, club cricket, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's still going on. You know, what do you do at this stage of the season when there's nothing left to play for? Thanks for the wonderful well, thanks for the wonderful welcome here. You goes. are welcome. For you, the welcome. You look great this week. I don't feel good. You sound great. Thanks, and this man. is all relative to last week. Uh, okay. and I include myself in that as well. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, great to have a guest on this week. Great to have two guests on this week. Just yeah. generally a better proposition <laughs> this week than last week. But thank you for those who did tune into the post CA Awards um, hangover show. Yeah. Okay. What do you do this stage of the season? Yeah, what uh, do you, do? Of the, you get to training late. You go mm-hmm. through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, in Sydney, especially, there's lots of rain in February. Heaps. So the wickets are shit. Mm-hmm. Everything's shit. You're worse at everything uh, than you've always been. You start dreaming of next season. Mm-hmm. 800 runs, 30 wickets, that sort of thing. I'm not going to commit the requisite amount of improvement to my training program yeah. to actually achieve that, yeah. but I'll still dream about it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll dream of myself with an enormous or excellent rig, whether it's trim, whether mm-hmm. it's enormous, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, flicks your switch. I'll look good in a training singlet. Um, <laughs> you might think more short, short term about the end of season trip. Yes. He goes. Uh, so I'm just listening a couple of things that you you know a couple of ways I guess that you crawl mm. to the end of season. It's like going to lunch with in-laws or something where you pretty much tap out of the conversation mentally about two thirds of the way through, just 
somehow thinking I will get there. I will get to the end yeah. of this uh, this thing. Actually, quite love my in laws. It's just a you know. May February I found is like the most selfish time of year for cricket because mm. like you know let's say in the premier competition in was well, Sydney just where I played or we both played. There's like 20 teams right, and uh, six of those make the final. So 14 teams in every grade don't make finals. So most people, is my point, don't make finals. Mm-hmm. There is so much selfish cricket happening where like there's nothing to play for. You know you're not going to make finals. You know your team's not good enough to win three games in a row to finish six to then play the top team who haven't lost a game all season right. who have a quotient of like, you know, 1.8. Um, and so all you're hoping is for like, well, I'm gonna, this is the most selfish batting you're ever going to see. Yeah. Fucking oath we're batting on after tea. Yes. Fucking oath we are. Yeah. yeah, you guys are going to watch me score 70 painful cricket runs yeah. in fourth grade. So what you're saying is like the morality is debased even further yes. than it normally is in grade yes. cricket because people are tired, there's less to play for in terms of the competition table, so mm-hmm. Lord of the Flies takes over. Exactly. It really becomes even more of a selfish pursuit than mm-hmm. it already was. And then there's like then there's like footies just going on in the background as well, so like blokes are just like, ah, oh, no, I'm going to training now for uh, – uh, training as well generally, especially the Tuesday training. Yeah. Like, you know, Tuesday. Usually, great cricket Tuesday, Thursday trainings. Tuesday is a really weak turnout. Oh, hell yeah. And then, like, one grade is going to make finals. And let's say it's third grade, for yeah. instance. And, like, so that, like, there's like 11 people at training. And it's there's grim. a major disparity between the one side in your club that's making mm. finals who are doing like a center wicket practice <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, They've got yeah. wonderful energy about their yeah. group. And everybody else is just mm. crawling, sometimes literally, mm. to mm. the nets yeah. uh, and otherwise. It's like this is also a great time of year for WhatsApp groups where like where you you think you're good, you, you got a bit of confidence about you. Well, yeah. because you're, you're saying if you're, if you're up if you're for in the finals, finals right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're up for the finals, this is this is a great time, great mm. time to be part of that WhatsApp group. Although there's always a couple of people in there who are going to get left out of WhatsApp groups because they're about to be dropped for guys coming back from say second grade into the third grade side. Uh, you know, stacking your team for finals. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's quite a time of year for club cricketers all around. Hence your question. Hence, <laughs> it's, a, it's a specific. And let's not confuse. I mean, let's just get into the let's get into the granularity of this. Let's sure. not confuse it with immediately post Christmas no. period, which is your dreams are still alive a That's little slightly bit. Slightly still alive. Slightly yeah. still alive. Mm. I'm going to come back after Christmas. I'm I'm, I'm going to fix up what I ruined for the mm. first half of the season, <laughs> and then a few weeks go by. Maybe you get mm. called off on a Saturday, Sunday, or mm. whatever, because you know the rain actually comes in to the eastern seaboard around that time. Mm. You bat once in a month. <laughs> yeah, your season's it's fucking that stuff. O- your yeah, season's exactly. fucking over. It's killed your dream, yeah. and now you're an absolute. You're a, you're a drain on the club, mentally, physically, and spiritually, your, and your friends and family. Mm. Footy though. Footy's looking good, G. Yeah. Col- G. Colin will look good. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's get first thing on the agenda here. The T20 World Cup starts on February 21, which yeah. is Friday. in four days' time on Friday. Yeah. Starts at Spotless Stadium over there in Sydney, Western Sydney, Australia versus India. Um, are you excited for the, t- for the Women's World Cup? Yeah. Are you excited for it? I'll tell you why. Why? Well, it's a chance for gold, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, chance, it's a chance for montages. Mm-hmm. It's a chance for, like, gold-clad Australian representatives holding up trophies that are glistening and streamers and me living off their reflected glory. And that's going to be a bit of a theme of our conversation. Mm. I'm very, very interested in, in this tournament because uh, I, I think, you know, the, the, the women's team and, like, to their absolute credit and CA's credit, like, have actually achieved this level of scrutiny now where there's, there's like, a genuine pressure on them oh, uh, yeah. to win. You know, like, like yeah. there's a need. To, like, like in the past, I would suggest just very generally and without even consideration. And I probably should have considered these words. But in the, in the past, it's kind of like, oh, that's nice if they if they do well there. That's really good. Gee, the girls are doing well. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, mate, 
there better be some fucking gold at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, yeah. they're, like, we better be adding to the trophy cabinet. Won four out of the last five. A lot yeah. of investment into the side. Mm-hmm. Didn't win the last uh, uh, ODI World Cup mm-hmm. over there in India. Mm-hmm. Um, gee, Healy's not scoring runs. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at? And I can't, I like it. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's yeah. a compliment. Pressure. It's a compliment. Well, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It would be, be exactly the same if it was for the men's team. They, mm-hmm. they need to win this, but mm-hmm. like, even more so. But this also could be like a real dear moment in women's sport in Australia as well, um, I, I think, because I, I can't think of like a big possible tournament win I mean it's already in my head MCG 90,000 people India or England in the final preferably I suppose and it, it being enormous Australia win by 10 wickets mm. uh, that could be awesome it could be amazing and mm. a huge moment for women's yeah, sport a high watermark level yes. for, for, for women but also why wins they don't make the final that's, oh, well, that's a thing that can happen in said, sport as we said last week and it's a compliment to them but effigies <laughs> I forget a lot of things that happened last week, but I didn't forget, do, yeah. didn't forget that we said that. Yeah. Um, so, Pez, I'll break, I'll break it down for the listeners at home who might Please. be unaware of how the competition works. There's 10 teams in the tournament. There's two groups of five, um, and obviously the top two in each group uh, make the semifinals. Da, 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 you know how the rest works. Um, one of the most exciting things that's uh, seen on the socials this week uh, was that Thailand are debuting in, yeah. the, in, the, world, uh, in the World Cup this year. Um, and they're like modus operandi or their objective of the World Cup is to have fun and I'm like I don't trust that what's your angle what are you guys playing at what are you guys playing at yeah look, look, look at it's like you know sitting here smugly laughing at the idea of having fun yeah. you know, playing cricket <laughs> yeah. oh okay yeah. oh, fun and cricket oh, you thought so you're that new are you yeah <laughs> it's, it's like back to the future three when like, you know Marty and uh, Doc are like you know oh we run for fun and the guys yeah. like run for fun what the hell kind of fun is that <laughs> <laughs> fuck I think I've done impressions on here before. <laughs> Never again. Uh, and obviously you were doing the Thai captain there just then. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I was not doing it. Um, yeah. yeah I, I suppose like one of the most interesting things about, about the sport at the moment is there's a huge gap between like the top four. There's a huge gap between the top four being India, New Zealand, uh, India, New Zealand, England and Australia, top four countries. And the rest, as we saw when Sri Lanka came out here at the beginning of the Australian summer, when we absolutely smashed Sri Lanka, um, the rest is quite weak. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose I, I think we're all going to learn about the, the the structure and vagaries of women's cricket as yeah. this tournament plays out. I mean, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. I'll, I'll be honest to say, like as someone who operates in a lot of conversations around cricket, uh, mostly trying to make people laugh, but like mm. I don't know a lot about women's cricket, and yeah. I'm looking forward to engaging in this exactly. because Australia's going to fucking win the thing. Well, exactly, we're going to win it. There's no better way to engage Australians exactly. than to say you can live off the reflected glory. Yes, mm. uh, yeah. So I think there's heaps we're going to learn through it. I think that the, I mean, this all sounds very messagey from us, but it is true. A lot has gone into this. They've put a massive investment into this, and I think they want a hu- they want a huge bang for buck mm. uh, CA out of this. They mm. want clubs to sign up. They want clubs to sell tickets. They want mm. a ton of people to go to the games. They're calling it the uh, possibly the largest um, sporting event ever, ever hosted in Australia. A women's sporting event ever hosted in Australia. Uh, women's sport in the world. If ninety thousand people in the final, in the final, yeah. So largest event women's sports event ever in Australia yeah. in terms of a whole event yes. and then the largest ever attended yes. match for women's sport in the world. What's if number they get... one? Would that be Women's World Cup football? Probably, yeah. FIFA? Yeah. 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 The US? Yeah. US, I'd say. Yeah, it's probably that. Um, yeah, when you, I mean, you're right. Let's talk about the investment put in. Other countries have done the, a similar investment. So Australia have been 
for the longest period of time, Australia have been fully professional. have had the most professional players. Other countries now following suit, specifically England, which might interest our UK listeners back mm. home. After Australia won the Ashes last year, 12-4, they Normal. decimated them. Yeah, a normal score in the Ashes. I honestly reckon the way they format the Ashes for women's, like for the women's Ashes, is probably how they'll do it for the men. It might down be the, the future. Yeah, it is just it like, like ODIs, T20s, mm. and uh, Test matches combined. They'll play, you, they'll you play a, fifteen T20s in a month, something like that. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. you have an end score of twelve four, which is like a <laughs> low scoring rugby league match. But anyway, yeah. Um, so after that, uh, in, uh, the ECB pumped twenty million pounds into women's cricket, um, and. I was talking before about the, the you know, big separation between top four and the rest. Sri Lanka, I learnt during the week, have lost 16. They've lost, they, sorry, they've won one of the last 16 T20s. And they're probably like, well, for instance, Thailand are worse than them. So there's a huge gap. Anyway, in terms of investment put in, CA, you rightfully say, and they want people to, uh, it's probably a good chance to plug what CA are talking about as well. Yeah, well, we were, um, we were going to catch up with Belinda Clark and talk about the club ticketing programs you can hear a little bit about it there but basically they've got this seems to be like a too good to be true program where basically if you reg if you're a cricket club you register for this program um look out for it on the internet i don't actually have it in front of me so it's wonderful media work but uh if you register for this program you're a club and you sell like one adult ticket to the women's world cup you get five bucks Mm. for it so if you sell a thousand adult tickets you get what five thousand dollars uh it's one dollar back uh for um for kids tickets So hmm. pretty good Pretty good Pez, let's Pretty get, good Let's get on to uh, Let's get on to what ha- What's happening in the men's cricket And I suppose uh, Where should we start I'll start with um, The return of the Sheffield Shield I suppose Let's start with the return Of the Sheffield Shield They're using the Dukes ball I didn't realise They were doing that again this year They, they trialled that last year After Christmas uh, After the big bash when the, when the Shield comes back They use the Duke ball mm. And uh, this is a real fun time of year Where like We can't play the Duke ball anywhere It could be in fucking India And mm. it still swings around corners mm. And we're just like Nah I don't like it mm. But it's fun. Yeah, I thought they might have got rid of it once we retained the Ashes, but obviously that's not got to, like linguistic enough, like enough power linguistically. Mm. So uh, it's only until we we win the Ashes that uh, we win that. So yeah, didn't win them, mm. uh, threw it away, mm-hmm. as a uh, big puppy said. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's good though. Duke's ball's a good ball. You know, it's great to see the ball. It's great to see the ball coming to the contest. Bring the fucking Duke here. Bring yeah. it here. Colin DeGonham yeah. would have taken forty wickets. In this series here, if he was using the Duke, and that's what we want. That's what I want. Mm. Yeah, CDG. That's what I want. Well, he stood in between, you know, Steve Smith and then Alan bought a medal. Basically, (laughs) that's a good point. Yeah, Collins, Collins cost. He cost him. There's (laughs) one vote in the end. One vote. Yeah, CDG just had it over uh, (laughs) Smith. So. Imagine what he could do with the Dukes. Well, I saw uh, I saw Trent Copeland actually buying the Travis Dean uh, in that New South Wales Victoria game. Hell of a sentence. And and uh, and. Cope's friend of the show and close personal friend, mm. Trent Copeland, uh, hit Travis Dane in the box and then Travis had to retire hurt. I've actually never seen that before. I've never seen a batsman retire hurt from being hit in the box. You ever seen it before? No. No, I've never – like because obviously, you know, you go through the ritual of getting hit in the dick. Everyone knows that it's terrible yeah. uh, if you have one. And I never like found pers- it funny. Okay. Always, you, you must have wonderful empathy. It's, it, it's, it's the it's, – No, I've it, got heaps of flaws. Heaps of flaws. But wonderful empathy, though. You obviously feel for people. I'm glad yeah. you finished that sentence for me. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's the way a man collapses. It's the it's the yeah. um, it's the, the buckling s- of the knees, the buckling of the knees, and then the widening widening of the knees with the bat in the middle and just the general <laughs> the, the the light um, riding up and down just to when uh, sort it when out. Liam Livingston got hit in the in the big bash and mm. he cried out, "Oh no!" Yeah. That was funny, but that was a reaction of him saying that. Yeah, his awareness that it had happened like three times in a row, or whatever. 
that was funny to me. And that's the thing. There's a big difference between like laughing at it and then if someone says, well, actually his testicle exploded and he's no longer able to have children. That's, that's All of a sudden, oh, I'm now you're laughing at laughing. that. No, I'm, so, I'm going <laughs> no, the other I way. Know, like, if know. that happened. You've done me there. All oh, right, well, you're a sick. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man, heaps of flaws. Heaps of flaws. <laughs> Anyway, I've never seen no a kids. guy hit uh, in those regions and actually go the whole hog and I can't. Uh, sorry, boys. Can't, can't carry on. I remember once... Uh, he came back and scored 70 on. Well, he's a good little player. There it is, first one. Um, I saw... Uh, was uh, We probably talked about this last week. Again, I can't really remember. But Craig McDermott, my first ever hero. Yeah. Uh, I remember him buying a ball to... I think it was to Brian Lara. And okay. he broke his box. Right. His, bro- his, his box broke in, into two pieces. But even then... Brian just carried on, but I've never like I don't know. So, I, I, like, what does it take? Is it is a certain spot? Is well, the right must, spot? I mean, we'll have to ask Travis directly mm-hmm. why he left. Because, like, I mean, mm-hmm. from my personal experience, and I presume it's the same for most people. Like, you know, you you it, it's very painful to be struck there, but very yeah. rarely does it result in a like debilitating injury where you can't go on. It's just severe pain. Travis was but debilitated. There, there must have been a. I can only guess. Like the maybe the the seam has. Cut him, okay. You know, on um, mm-hmm. you know, where, wherever, you mm-hmm. know, in the general region, mm. or some something to make him think I actually need to get checked out. So it was a fierce blow. Mm. I guess it's a long way of saying. It. And he's come back and he sits seventy on. Um, I play with a guy who wore two boxes. He served in the batting. He, he wore two boxes. How does that uh, work? It wasn't so it's like because, a babush- babushka doll of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought is, how does that work? I guess he's wearing a, a youth box into a men's box. Okay. I'm guessing. And thus conceding that a youth I never box fixer. I never asked. Mate, can you just show us? Mm. Like mid-over? Oh, it's actually an extra large and then a double extra large box. Yeah. No, I don't know. But yeah, he, he used to do that. I don't know, but it wasn't because he had like a massive dick. It wasn't because of that. Oh. I don't know why he did that. Putting but, two on it. Eh? Yeah. Cool. Flexing. It's a weird flex, but he nice. did it. Um, mate, other stuff in uh, in Shield cricket. Mate, what's, what's going on in Shield cricket? I, I just think like it's really funny, this Shield cricket, because there's such little amount of test match cricket this year in Australia. There's one test match against Afghanistan before the four test India series next summer, and then there's two tests away in Afghanistan. That's all there is in test cricket this year, which is a very limited amount of test cricket for a country like Australia. Shield, Shield cricket, so, the real loser out of like the crowd schedule at the moment because there was yep. a bit of hype on Shield cricket this time last year because it was jostling for Ashes positions. Yeah, and Australia yeah, hadn't point. kind of, didn't yeah. have, uh, you know, any long form success over there. But now it's just like, okay, we retain the Ashes. We've mm. used the Duke's ball. Mm. We've just had a, just an exhausting BBL series. We've mm. won all the tests. Mm. There's no imminent test matches to jostle for positions for. Uh, you know, you could hit 400s in a row like it looks like Nick Maddinson might. Yeah. Um, but if Glenn Maxwell comes back and hits a scintillating T2000, well, get him in for Bangladesh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I know he's out and relax. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I, I think there's probably could be – couldn't be less interest in shield cricket at the moment. Because everyone's it, safe, aren't they? Like, I'm, I'm even, safe, thinking yeah. like, even thinking like Travis Head. Yeah. Like – Safe. He, he's just in. Wade. Yeah, safe. probably. How many yeah. runs is it's one of those? Uh, Madison's had a what's he's averaging over 185, yeah. something like that. He's well, so this match against, as we go to air, there's a couple of hours left, day four against New South Wales for Victoria. Victoria looked very well positioned to win. Mm. Nick Madison hit 95 and then 105, yeah, uh, not out, yeah. And did you see his celebration for his ton? Yeah, he went on to both knees, both knees. So, again, continuing what we've Good. predicted, which is that 100 celebrations just starting to get just a little, starting just get. starting to get a bit weird, yeah, um, in a, in a great way, in a rare way, but mm-hmm. yeah, he, he just sort of slowly speaking of like just getting. <laughs> Collapsing onto the knees, just <laughs> yeah. hit his turn, collapsed onto his knees, and put his back in the air. And I liked it. He's a he's an interesting 
car- like a case study, Nick Madison. Oh, like, he's, say cat. Oh, he's an interesting cat, Nick Madison, um, because he's almost a forgotten baggy green owner. A little bit, don't you reckon? He had that one test match. No, he had, he had a couple well, test matches. Well, he was actually primed this summer. He mm. was he was making his way back because of his just like uh, almost unparalleled shield form. Yeah, and then ended up taking a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, all power to him. All power to the bloke. Well, mate, that's actually a good segue into Matt okay. Renshaw also taking a break. Yes. Uh, from from cricket for mental health reasons. Now, I, I find this really interesting because. How many guys now? Was it what six yeah. of guys who are really like primed? Matt Renshaw is probably not not particularly close at the moment. He's, he's sort of yeah. since he's been back into the Shield mm. setup after being dropped from Australia. But once you once you get into that Test side as a young person, like you, you don't need as many scores to be back in the conversation no. again. So no. he's not close because no. he hasn't scored a lot of runs. Yeah. But it'll only take him being back in form, I think, for people to talk about him again. Yeah. So. Well, the opener spot is still there, isn't yeah. it? It's still there a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, I mean, it, it's it's these guys who are, like, right on the precipice who mm. have played heaps of cricket from a young age. Obviously, I'm thinking Nick Maddinson, obviously Will Bukowski, Matt mm. Renshaw now, uh, Glenn Maxwell, not not in the same young category, but played heaps and heaps mm. of cricket. Endless. Um, and they're all getting to the point where it's like, I need to take a break from this. Yeah. I think we've spoken about this in the past. Like the, I mean, this is like where a large part of our humour comes from, obviously. But like the, the, the way that like cricket um, affects you mentally is maybe a little bit funny when it's like in a uh, club sense. But when it's in a professional, your life revolves around this. It must be so intense. And a guy who's like played cricket, like uh, test match cricket, like Matt Ramshaw did when he was 19, 20, mm-hmm. scoring test match. Straight in the, the first SCG, slip. Straight in the first slip. It must be like... I'm not surprised that heaps of guys are taking a break, is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And, like, players wouldn't do it unless they felt like they needed to. So, mm. again, all power to Renshaw for wanting to do it. Mm. If you're triggered by that or think that that kind of reflects some kind of weakness or injury weakness on his part, then you need to read a book mm. uh, or understand. I mean, nobody would um, willingly disadvantage themselves in terms of, um, like, success in their professional career. If Renshaw needs a break, good luck to him. I hope he has a break. I hope he comes back and uh, returns to the form that we know he has. He's a special player. He's got a great career ahead of him, and I hope he can manage himself mentally to do so. Well done, Matt. Well said, mate. Um, mate, don't you think it's funny? It's, it's just interesting as well. Like, all the, you know, the RSTGCs we get, like, the, the, the dreams – uh, you see it around like, every part of your life. It just cricket revolves around mm-hmm. you. Once you once you immerse yourself in the game as deeply as what like what we do, what all our mm-hmm. listeners do out there, it's like it's so like no other sport does that. No other sport do you see cricket in every sphere of like walk past like a nice green, you know, bit of grass in a park and you go, I wonder how the outfit looks like today. You pick up, you have got a piece of paper, you roll it up, and you start shadow batting. <laughs> there was a tweet going around the other day about you know why do men shadow bowl. Yeah, you know? I saw that, yeah. I got a mate who was I went to a bar with the other day and he's like just ran down the street and bowled a ball. Yeah. Didn't didn't have a ball, just just, just shadow bowled. bowling. Yeah. Of right. his full run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you're saying cricket more than any other sport mate, what, is everywhere you yeah. see it. It's, what like, about it's like all I the, see dead people, people, but instead I just see runs off my hip. Exactly. <laughs> what about all the memes where like people will shadow bowl, then turn around and appeal to a statue who's got his finger up? Yeah. It's Can, a it's a thing. Yeah. It's everywhere. That's why people dream about it. Mm, getting a bit. Getting a bit tired, that, that one. I, I, uh, I would have thought a bit. bit tired. I, I mean, unlike us. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, now, cool. we, now that we've already used that in our Channel 7 mm. show and the shows, you know, over mm. for the season. Mm. Actually, Moses on Ricks um, posted something quite interesting as well about about the, in terms of mental, mental health stuff. He sort of posted a message saying that, you know, 
Instagram in particular paints like a lot of happy images and, and Moses obviously just won the big bash. He's had a wonderful season. Uh, he'd be right in contention for uh, the uh, Australia. Yeah, they're looking at him very closely yeah, for well, Bangladesh. He's, he's captain of the Australia A squad. Mm. He'd be very close to being in the T20 World Cup squad, I'd imagine, as well. It's, it's actually, Moses is like um, chances for this test squad is like a hark back to those scenarios where there's like there's like sounds coming out of CA around Moses. You know what I mean? Like, there's no like oh, he's obviously scored a lot of hundreds yeah. and stuff like that, but like there's there's noises. You know, like the the, the signal's gone out from mm. CA towers somewhere. So it's like when, the, like when there's like a new pope and then like the smoke, the smoke exactly. comes out, but it's it Moses smoke. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's, 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 quite, it's quite like a it's quite old school. It just seems like there's noises around Moses mm. maybe making it back. You know, Hones is calling people, mm. backgrounding people. Who knows? Mm. I'm all for it because he's a wonderful bloke. And yeah, he was saying. On his Instagram, is like I just went. He just was going through his profile, yeah. saying, "I'm just seeing myself smiling here everywhere," but was just being really clear that they've just had a baby and he, they've yeah, spent as right. much time crying as their baby. And yep. you know, I can definitely identify with that as well. It's a very private sphere having a kid. You're meant to, you know, there's still societal pressure to like look as though everything's great and it's all um, thrilling and a wonderful change to your life. But it's fucking trenches uh, yeah. a lot of the time. So sure. again, more power. We're just giving power to everybody today, yeah. but more power to him for calling that out as someone you know for whom. Yes, there is Pope smoke coming no, out well, for his mate, election. I think it's good. No, it sort of goes into the question of the very top of the show, just like what is this time of year? It's a, mm. it's a slog, and like often mm. cricket at his, as his life is a slog. Mm. Um, anyway, mate, let, uh, getting onto the men's team, they've just flown out to South Africa where obviously it all went down a couple of years ago. They've got three T20s and three ODIs over there. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, as you said before, is out with an elbow injury, and Darcy Short uh, is into the squad to replace Maxwell for both of those games. Pez, on the way over here, uh, we saw that Darcy Short had quite a day out in a club game on the weekend. <laughs> I saw this, And that's yeah. obviously how I got selected. Well, yeah, without doubt. It just goes to show if you play well at grade cricket, you, you can never go far all the way. Yeah, no, it was like away. I saw it was 101 off 85 <laughs> balls and 8 for 34. <laughs> <laughs> It can't, you actually don't want your international players <laughs> to do yeah. that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. I think he's like, oh, a great cricket struggling, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's a good little bowler. Well, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's like when you see Shane Watson obviously doing really well for Sutherland, opening the batting, still scoring hundreds, and you're just like, it's like, oh, we're all quite far away. We're actually all quite far away. If, speaking of smoke signals, if someone can tell us what we've got to do oh, with Watto. Me. Oh, we yeah. love you. No, no, we, we're sticking with you. Watto, we will meet one day on this podcast, which will love you very much. Mm. There's a lot of great things to talk about. The way he batted in that bushfire game, I mean, <laughs> fuck. I mean, well, I'll tell he, you how he batted. No, you tell me. How he batted? Yeah. Like a bloke who plays first grade. Right. I was going to say he batted like a bloke who was the cricketer in the backyard and <laughs> decided right, right. instead of trying to look as though I'm friends with everybody or mm. going to be conciliatory or whatever, mm. um, no, I'm just going to smash everything. He wants one more IPO contract. I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him. No, he's just gone his... over the PSL, hasn't he, or something? There's another picture uh, yeah, of I think another he's... league. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Hawkesbury. He's still probably in Australia's best T20 side. Mate, Watson, mate honestly, in terms of like most underrated players, and like oh, yeah. if you ever write this into that, nah, fuck off. Yeah. Like Watson, oh, no, Watson is one of Australia's greatest ever ODI mm. players. Save it. Save it for when mate. he comes on the cast. Oh, well, mate, fuck if we ever get him. Right, mate, I don't know what we've done. We're more likely to get Bradman, honestly, at this point. Yeah. Have you put in a request for him, though? Have you asked? Uh, I have, yeah. Can we exhume him? Who are we going to get first, Bearstow or Watson? Danny, brother. <laughs> Love you, brother. This whole show is now just talking to media <laughs> managers who definitely don't know or care about this show. Yeah. Anyway, let's not get too self-referential. Okay, mate. What about Nepal playing their first ever ODI match yeah. uh, last week? Actually, a couple of weeks ago in Kathmandu, which I was understood to be just a clothing company. Dear, dear. You shouldn't say that on air. No, I'm joking. It's like Patagonia. It's just a clothing company. Um, 20,000 people North turned face. up. 
<laughs> North, North face. I didn't realise it was a face. <laughs> um, 20,000 people turned up uh, and they're in a tri-series at the moment between the USA and Oman. Uh, Oman won that match, uh, the very first match that Nepal played in Kathmandu by 18 runs. Uh, I, mate, I reckon this stuff is awesome and yeah. I, I desperately want these like these nations now. They, they need to get the Indian money. You're, yeah. I'm in now because I was watching that game of Kathmandu and I was like, fucking oath, how cool would it be? Like, that's when you start get like, traveling fans, away fans. Mate, mm. imagine how good it'd be to go, mate, go to Chicago for an away game. You know, uh, Kathmandu, yes, I'm doing that. I'm doing that for an away trip. Because at the moment, it's kind of like ashes. That's awesome. It you is, should do yeah. that. That's buckle this stuff. That's really cool. You should do that stuff. The rest. Yeah. Mm. Look at you. Look at you uh, growing the international game. Look at you on message there. That's nice. That's I'd, good. I'd, but I don't want them to get CA money. I want them to get the Indian money. Yeah, even more, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I, I'm, I'm all for this as well. Like, uh, for, oh, we'll talk about the Oman-Nepal match. I mean, first of all, we know one player, and that's Sandeep Lamashani, number for 27 off 10, so they just saw him off. Yeah, saw him and, off. And uh, yeah. he's got the runs easily in the yeah. second, uh, second innings. But, um, mate, I've always thought about that. Like, what... What if have we said this before? Like, what if the US, like, what if USA played cricket the way they play basketball, and mm. it was as popular? I'm not saying it's going to happen. Yeah. Or China, and all of a sudden, like, World Cup final is China versus USA. How are both of those countries playing cricket now? Let's not get into st- national stereotypes yeah. of how they would play. Yeah. But I would just like to see all of the skills of cricket, but like, you know, doubled. You know, could the USA? I think I've said this before. Like, produce a bowler that could bowl 180. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, um, possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, that would be. Amazing. I mean, I've always thought that in terms of like four square handball. To be honest with the Olympics, yeah. USA v China, and just the politics. Yeah, but that's a separate uh, issue. Yeah, I'd suspect that China would produce a lot of technical players. Well, see, I just think we're getting into dangerous stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you no. think Germany would play? No. <laughs> <laughs> Strong leadership. Come on. Um, like, mate, what about in the same shot taking a hat trick? Now I know this happened a couple of weeks ago. He took a hat trick against Bangladesh uh, in Pakistan. They're mm. playing that game in Rawalpindi, um, and my note that's here cool. is "fuck yeah." Yeah, that's good. Everything shame. about that's good. They're playing cricket again in Pakistan. The same Shah yeah, is the youngest ever player to get a Test hat trick. He's just blown away Bangladesh. It's fucking good. I want Australia to go to Rawalpindi and play, and like yeah. for, for us to receive grainy footage. I mean, this is all yeah. about things being the nineties again. Yeah, I want to receive grainy footage. I want there to be thousands and thousands of people there. Yeah, uh, Nazim Shah to be steaming in and going, and you're on our patch now, son. And mate, whether or not you think I'm sixteen, I've you know I'm I'm steaming through you. Mate, this is the problem with like the 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 big three owning cricket. Yeah, England, India. It's fucking going to be so boring. Whereas like the, you talk about the nineties, already is. Amazing West Indies cricket. Yeah. yeah. Australia have that um, incredible series in the West Indies where, like, they win for the first time in however many years. Pakistan, great place to go. Like, all these, like, amazing tours and stuff. And now it's like, oh, uh, you play two big series and we're going to play each other every other year. Mm. And it's like, nah, this is why this is why Nepal needs to get the Indian money mm. because that's, like, no, it's something different. New stimulus. I can't have the same two countries play, like, a fucking World Series like it's the baseball. Mm. It's, not, it's not good for cricket. It's not good for the game. Oh, mate, this is... The most progressive cast of all time. And I'm here for it. <laughs> Budgie smuggler. <Come> Go <laughs> Hey, mate, what about uh, – so Australia obviously going over uh, – I sort of skipped past that. Australia yeah. obviously going there to play 
against South Africa, but England have just actually, they won their, their T20 series this morning, uh, 2-1. The second game, Moeen Ali, who I forgot played cricket uh, internationally for England. He did some wonderful things by winning the game in that second game. And then uh, Owen Morgan got them over the line this morning in that third game. So um, I'm actually not sure where South Africa are at with their T20 ODI setups. Their test team's been fucking decimated, but I feel like they'll still be okay. But is it going to be a thing where, like, we won't respect England's 2-1 victory away from home in the lead-up in a World Cup year until Australia lose there? And then you'd be like, oh, no, South Africa quite good. Correct. That's yeah. probably exactly what will happen. Oh, mate, you know, at the risk of joining the, like, hipster throng, there are, there's a couple of highlights rolling around of Moen Ali that are just indisputably sexual. As, As in the last couple of days? Yeah. yeah. And one shot in particular over point oh. where the bat shapes yeah. are just out of control and just so like it is the epitome of nonchalance mm. combined with the beard there's a, there's like a there's a michael bevan quality but like in the t20 era to the bat shape i'm not saying there's a michael bevan quality to his finishing because mm. that would be insulting to bevan so mm. they should be clear about that mm-hmm. but uh yeah moin ali moin ali wouldn't you love to see him in a big bash what a oh, player what, yeah. what an enigma i mean it's too yeah, good yeah. he's too good for the big bash like probably most of those players probably but uh Man, what a player. Yeah. Um, the reaction to that shot, particularly that you're talking about from Ben Stokes, was about at the other end. He, like, the ball was like halfway in the end. I put his uh, right hand to the back of his head. Like, <laughs> what the fuck have I just seen? Incredible. I think England has a good T20 side. Well, I think they've got a really good T20 side. What the hardest thing was for me this Valentine's Day. No. Um, I mean, yes, sorry. Because, um, because there was a thing of just like, oh, don't forget the singles out there or whatever. And they, had to, they showed the greatest single of all, and that was Jack Leach's single, which took the scores level at. Um, where was that game? Headingly. Mm. Headingly game, the, the Ben Stokes oh, game. Man. And it was just all over fucking the Twitter again. Yeah. To deal with that. Oh, man. Well, you know, they're great at the banter. <laughs> the English boys. <laughs> Anything else, Pez? No, not really, mate. Uh, looking forward to chatting with Annabelle Sutherland next, young tearaway. Yeah. Next, a young superstar. Should we set it up? What do we know about Annabelle Sutherland? Well, we'll see on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, well, she's, she's a superstar in the making. Yeah. And, um, uh, pretty promising start to the international career. She's been selected in the T20 mm. uh, squad. Some say, you know, before her time. But, yeah. you know, one of those, she's pre- pretty confident from all reports. She'll be the second Sutherland on this show. Yeah, good point. Uh, so, And I saw Matthew Mott talking about Annabelle Sutherland saying, like, it's a bit of a bolt. Uh, not not bolt from the blue necessarily, mm. but it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a selection for the future, but also, like, they're, they're backing her a bit. So mm. it's interesting, 18 years old. We'll have to ask her whether, it, you know, she feels like a Theo Walcott selection. From, I like um, it. Yeah, yeah Sven, and, and Matthew Mott's Sven. Well, Goran Eriksson. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that would make... Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Who's Gascoigne? <laughs> <laughs> and that's also coming up. And then Belinda Kark is joining us live in CA headquarters, uh, as I mentioned earlier, to get us through hashtag AskTGC and also talk about the Women's World Cup. So all of that's still to come on this very February show. He goes, uh, it's time for Budgie Smuggler. I, I believe there's actually been some social activity around our yeah. latest offer. Yeah. It's a gift. No one has to get it. But no. there are some smugglers with the all-time great Australian rigs. People are getting it, man, and it's so enchanting to the eyes. This is a wonderful bit of patchwork, uh, the great Australian alpha. Sorry, sorry. The, the great Australian rig. Great Australian rig, sorry. I was to be confused with the all-time alpha, yes, our first offer. to my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're completely separate entities. Major distinction. Major distinction. Anyway, so someone uh, got us on Instagram stories and was just, uh, they posted a photo of, I presume, this girl's boyfriend um, posing in their living room wearing only the great cricketer smugglers available from budgiesmuggle.com. Mm. 
Dollar And it was just him. Uh, he might have been wearing socks, but he was posing in the patchwork. And I was just like, that. it looks incredible. And I presume it was a Valentine's Day gift. It was all revolving around Valentine's Day. So I was like, what a great gift to give to a partner. Here's wonderful. I don't know how I'd feel if my wife presented me with, I mean, this is me just talking down our own product, but presented mm. me with... Um, Jordan Silk's so, neck. Yeah. Or just, just saying, hey, listen, you should wear this. Um, as budgies, all these pictures of other men. Mm. Uh, but anyway, each to their own. And, you know, if you do want to wear budgies of the great Australian rigs, which It's a celebration, said, mate. It's a celebration. Sean Tate's calves. Yes. Adam Dale's hips. Yes. Andrew Simon's chest. Marcus North's kind eyes. <laughs> That's such a good one. He's such a nice guy as well. Nathan Bracken's hair. Yes. Uh, Adam Finch's dimples. Aaron Finch is his name. What did I say? Adam Finch. That's his brother. Ah, of yeah. course. Who we met at uh, the Cricket Australia. That's right, yeah. yeah. Don't even know if he has a brother. Yeah, don't think he does. Sorry, Adam. Or Aaron. Oh, you've outfit him. <laughs> oh, I got him there. Budgiesmuggler.com.au <laughs> He goes, on the phone, we have, uh, well, an upcoming superstar. She'll no doubt... Um, Appreciate that level of pressure that I've heaped on her, but it wouldn't be a surprise either. Um, it's a level of pressure that I think the entire women's team will feel over the next few weeks as um, they try and uh, help Australia regain its self-esteem by winning more trophies. Mm. Um, and but, identity. And identity. Um, don't interrupt my intro. That's never happened before. Um, <laughs> I'm talking, of course, about Annabelle Sutherland. Annabelle, welcome to the Grade Cricketer. Thank you very much for having me. There are some lovely manners uh, as well. <laughs> Far better manners than Steve War, I should say. He was just mainly talking out the side of his mouth. But anyway, we'll talk about Steve War off here. Yeah. Um, let, let, me, let me get this straight, Annabelle. So you've debuted for Australia pretty young. You've been playing for the Stars before that, Victoria, Peran. You debuted for the Renegades at 15. So when did you debut in first grade? So 11, 12? What, what, what are we looking at? Yeah, Probably about primary school, I reckon. (laughs) 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 Nah, maybe 12 or 13, I reckon. No, even still. Even still, that's amazing. You had to work pretty hard, go sort of go through fours and threes first. So what what were you there, nine? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, was straight into the first, which was nice. (laughs) Um, You've obviously, uh, you got quite a... um, that's been well documented that, you know, obviously uh, James Sullivan, former CEO of Cricket Australia, is your father. Will uh, plays first-class cricket for Victoria as well. So, I mean, cricket must have been everywhere in your family growing up. And, um, you know, I wonder, like, you know, when you came home from school one day, did Dad sort of say, no, I want you to be a lawyer? I saw you said, no, Dad, I want to be a lawyer. But then your dad was like, no, you will bat and bowl for Australia and bring glory to this nation. <laughs> um, not... As such, I think we played a lot of sport growing up. We've got two brothers, so mm. we spent a fair bit of time in the backyard, um, not focusing on school as much. So I'm not sure whose um, influence that was, but I certainly preferred to be out in the backyard than doing homework. Mm. Can you tell us the backyard dynamics? Obviously, Will, your older brother, and Tom, it's Tom, isn't it, your younger brother? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, who's batting, who's bowling? What are sort of the backyard dynamics going on? And maybe if Dad gets involved. Yeah, Dad, Dad involved, yeah. yeah. Just run through that. Uh, usually dad stays out of it, to be honest. Um, oh. We get pretty heated uh, in the backyard and usually it's Will batting and Tom and I, uh, yeah, left to slave away and basically give throwdowns for hours on end. <laughs> but um, we we try and um, get in there and that usually ends in a little bit of tears. But um, no, bit. it's all good fun and, yeah, we, we love it. So, yeah, we enjoy it. 
Do, do you ever have any like majorly dominant performances over your brother in the backyard? And like possibly could you describe that? I mean, maybe for the you don't want to give away too many secrets about your brother who's got a growing career as well. But like, what are his weaknesses oh, in the backyard or just, <laughs> just ball? Yeah, what, what are we looking at? Just sort of keeping on the back foot or what? Backstool. I mean, if you can get the um, black electric tape out on the tennis ball and yeah. um, start hooping some in swingers in, um, mm. that's probably my only go-to. Um, but sometimes I do force him to bat left-handed when I actually can't get him out. So, that's on mind yeah, games. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some real power dynamics going there. Um, obviously, you were, uh, as Sam said in the intro, you, you were one of the youngest ever players, if not the youngest player, to play in the Big Bash, 15 for the Renegades. Um obviously now playing for the Stars as well. I mean, how big a, of a distraction is sort of cricket or other parts of your life? I mean, you're sort of, you know, debuting for Australia at 18. You've got a, your whole life ahead of you, Annabelle. <laughs> but, like, you know, you could be playing for Australia for 10, 15, God, 20 years, like, really. Like, I mean, how important are other aspects of your life or is it sort of all just focused on cricket? Uh, no, I, I've sort of – I finished year 12 last year, so um, mm. that was sort of more of a focus for me than um, cricket um, as much as I – would have preferred to be playing more cricket. I missed some big bash games, which I was a little bit annoyed about. But um, obviously, I had exams to to kind of complete. But um, I guess I'm pretty keen to keep um, studying. So I'm wanting to go to uni this year um, and do as much of that as I can with my cricket as well. So I do like having something else on the side. I think cricket's a game that's pretty cool and. If you don't have something else, then you can kind of go mad a bit thinking too much about it. Mm. Don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> That's actually the opposite of the view of most great cricketers who, who put career and family aside to yeah. only play fourth grade. Um, I mean, you mentioned there about, uh, about not playing, um, I sort of miss, missing a couple of games for exams. I mean, I, I understand that you uh, missed schoolies last year uh, to play in the Big Bash, which would be a dream of any young cricketer across the country, male or female. I mean, how, how tough a sell was that for the you know for your friends missing out on uh, missing out on drinking some UDLs on the Gold Coast to play you know against the Sydney Sixers? For well, instance. where are you going to the Gold Coast? Firstly, well, yeah, 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 yeah or Byron. Uh, it was Byron, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, I was devastated to be missing schoolies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I I had the updates on the Snapchat stories from my mates, so. Um, yes, although I wasn't there, I definitely got the updates, which was nice. And I mean, I've, I would prefer to be playing in the Big Bash League. Obviously, it's a pretty good, pretty yeah, good opportunity. Schoolies, so. schoolies is once in your life, though, whereas Big Bash is every year and it yeah. goes for ages. Ah, oh, you should have gone to schoolies. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, got a fine I do for trying to get an underage at Cheeky Monkeys during, oh, um, yeah, did yeah, you? At, in Byron during schoolies. So, you know, okay. it can turn out bad. Yeah, Both had <laughs> good experience on schoolies, is what you're trying exactly. to say. Exactly, yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. have a big bash offer. No. <laughs> so it was 2002. Um, <laughs> sorry, Annabelle. Uh, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about this World Cup coming up. You've, um, you've come into the side. We've been joking a lot about... Uh, you know how Australians are so keen to win anything as a pub, general public, and we, have, we we lump people with these expect you know professionals with these expectations that they must win all the time. You guys go into the tournament as favourites. Like, are you feeling pressure or scrutiny from the public and an expectation to win? And if so, how are you going about it? Like, does it weigh heavily on you, or are you guys just going out there um, aggressively to, to to get that success? Um, I think we're just really looking forward to it. Like. It's a pretty cool opportunity to have a home World Cup. So um, we're all just, yeah, really excited. We also have a game tomorrow um, against South Africa um, as a warm-up game. So we're just all excited to get, get into it. Um, obviously, yeah, home World Cup comes with other pressures. But um, I guess 
it's just like any other World Cup. It's um, anyone's to win. So we're yeah looking out to come to come out aggressively and and just play our game. And hopefully that means we can win a few games along the way. And, and like, if I might ask, what about you and your attitude? I mean, people familiar with World Cups of any tournaments are familiar with the idea of a young person getting selected that might just be an add-on to the group for the experience, but another young person might be a pivotal part of the group. I mean, is your attitude to try and play every game and and dominate, or have you been given an explanation as to, as to your role in the group? Um, no, not really. I don't. I'm not really expecting anything. I think. Um, I'm hoping that I can just um, get ready to play and if an opportunity comes that I can take it but absolutely no expectation on um, I guess game time but I'm just yeah looking forward to being a part of it obviously we've got a pretty um, talented lineup and that have had a, a lot of success over the last few years so I'm just trying to soak up being in the presence of some of the greats of the game like Meg Lanning and, and obviously Elise Perry as well so it's pretty cool well yeah you say Elise Perry there and uh, and I'm going to embarrass you here because obviously you've got huge raps on you um, you know coming through being into the national side uh, in such a big competition at such a young age but I'll, I'll give you some quotes here that you've almost definitely been read to before but uh, Elise Perry said on you she's already filled a lot of that potential and it's scary to think how further she can go how much further she can go she's a wonderful athlete she's got great she's got a great build she bowls fast and into the wicket and is able to swing it she's a very very classy batter plays essentially around the whole ground already to think that she's only had such a small amount of experience at this level but she already looks capable and comfortable time is only going to make her better I'm really pumped that she's getting the opportunity when she is because I think she could be one of the best we've ever produced it's from Elise Perry now those those are her public statements but I want to know is Elise talking to her training yet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I sat next to her on the bus today for the first time so um, Uh, yeah that's, that's, um, that's good yeah. Yep. Oh, she's she's good. Um she's yeah, a legend and obviously accomplished a fair bit, so that's pretty some pretty nice words coming from her and, and what she's sort of done over the last ten to fifteen years. Um Annabelle, I mean, we have to ask because we always do when we're talking to anybody at that high level. But can you take us into the social dynamics of the women's team? I mean, when mm. you're a, when you're young and you're starting out, is it a case? I mean, just just illuminate it for us. Is it a case of, you know, you have to sit in a certain position or you have to do certain things to earn, um, you know, your, your way up the team? Mm. Is there an alpha culture? Is there a, is there a pyramid? I guess is is what I'm asking. Mm. What do you have to do to to be accepted? <laughs> Um, well, I'm lucky to have a few of the younger Victorians who I'm sort of mates with. So I've just been um, following them around, following their sort of footsteps and doing what I'm told, basically, um, to avoid getting into trouble. I did get into, into trouble today for sitting in the wrong spot on the bus. So, um, <laughs> okay, there you yeah, go. that doesn't change. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Okay. How, so, how does no, that play out? Like, like who, who, who calls you out on it? You well, know, she's sitting uh, next to Elise Perry on the bus, yeah. but she wasn't supposed to be sitting there. I see. Yeah. And Elise yeah, told you um, that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, nah, Shooter, Shooter loves to um, throw some banter around, yeah. so she's always... She looks like the one, yeah, the, yeah, alpha, the alpha female, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. Okay. I yeah, see. yeah. Okay. yeah I, see. I want to know, uh, how much research have you guys done on the opposition, and, and what can you tell us specifically about Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> um, what are their strengths and weaknesses? Great question. Mm. Yeah. Look, uh, I don't know if I'd be able to tell you much. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's secret, pool, obviously. So it's secret, yeah, it's secret. We actually don't play them. So, you might meet them later in the tournament. Yeah, it could be semi-final. Could, could be, be a final, MCG. <laughs> could be. Cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> um, 
Annabelle, I mean, that's all That's all there is uh, from me. We uh, Thank you for enduring that. That's what we always say with these conversations. <laughs> but uh, we will we'll be watching, and a lot of people will be watching as well. We're looking forward to hopefully watching you in action. Uh, I think you're being a bit coy about your expectations of playing. I think you should be, you should be inside there, and um, we hope you guys go all the way and can uh, make good on um, probably too much expectation from the nation that it's literally the greatest ever event ever where Australia wins everything. <laughs> but, you know, no pressure. All the best. I, hope, I genuinely hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. He goes, this is a guest that we have wanted on for a very long time. Uh, It's a total privilege to be sitting in uh, this room with her. A room that we'll describe shortly, actually. But uh, let me do do this introduction. Belinda Clark became captain of the Australian team at 23, leading Australia in 11 tests and 101 one-day internationals. A win rate of over 80%, won two World Cups. The first player, male or female, to make a double century in a one-day international. She opened the batting and averages over 45 in both tests and ODI. She was named Cricketer of the Year in the inaugural edition of Wisden Australia, was made a member of the Order of Australia in 2000, inducted into the New South Wales ICC and Australian Cricket Halls of Fame. She has since held a range of leadership positions in the game. She was head of the National Cricket Centre. She had the Pat Howard job on an interim basis after Pat Howard and is now Executive General Manager Community Cricket at Cricket Australia. She has a science degree and has been a half to do management, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so uh, our privilege, as I said, to be joined by Belinda in CA Towers uh, at Jollymont. Belinda, welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast. No doubt the highlight of your public life so far. I've been waiting for a long time for the invite, so uh, <laughs> it's fantastic I finally got it. <laughs> and for a chance to speak just then. Um, well, first question, just being in CA Towers, you know, if these, if these walls here could talk, what would they say? Mm. Wow, that's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, what would they say? They'd say uh, this place has been on a journey from uh, mm. um, essentially uh, connecting with both men's and women's mm. game and then um, obviously in the, the latter part of the, the decade really going hard at um, making sure the game's accessible for everyone. So that's nice. what these walls will tell you, that uh, the game's open and ready for business. Mm. Sam literally went through your entire LinkedIn then, so <laughs> I, won't, I won't go through, you know, but you, you've, you've sort of lived your entire life in cricket, you know, captain of the country for 11 years, chief executive of Women's Cricket Australia, took Pat Howard's job for a little bit there, <laughs> now, now doing this as well. I mean, like, your, your entire life has been cricket and obviously our communication is through the grassroots and stuff, and, and, but you still, stay, you, still, you still stay very connected to the grassroots game. I mean, what is your relationship to club cricket? Um, well, I've obviously um, experienced it as a player, um, mm. playing both at sort of junior junior teams and then into premier cricket or grade cricket as, as it was when I was uh, playing as well and um, obviously through through the ranks but always been really interested in making sure that kids in particular have a chance to play and a lot of my work has been either across community or high performance and I find myself now back in uh, community and watching nieces and nephews and you know just watching the joy that kids have and when they get a ch- attached to this game is um, amazing and I, I just love it. Mm. Can you tell us, I mean, just paint a picture for us what life was like in grade cricket for you. You played at Balmain. We're obviously club mates. You'd, be, you'd, you'd remember me oh, yeah. Um, yeah. From, from Balmain, of course. Um, similar records. Um, <laughs> both Captain Australia. Both ca- yeah, yeah, Ashes right, wins, yeah. World one, Cups. One was yeah. in his dreams. Um, <laughs> can, you, can you paint a picture for us from when you started grade cricket? What, what did grade cricket, women's grade cricket, look like when you started? And, you know, this is the Grade Cricketer podcast, so we're looking for, like, Detail of you know on field, off field, social hierarchies. Who's the alpha? Who's the you know? Can, yeah. you, can you please couch it in these terms? Yeah, sure. Um, so when I was um, uh, when I first started playing cricket, I was playing in a junior boys team in Newcastle, 
and my brother was playing um, district cricket in Newcastle um, for Newcastle City and the, the captain of the Newcastle City team was a guy called Tim Griffiths and Tim Griffiths had a sister called Sally Griffiths and Sally Griffiths played for Australia so I turned up at training one day wanting to have a practice because I'd been picked in a rep team uh, and then uh, the, next, the next year I was travelling to Sydney um, and I was playing for Gordon at that point, um, back and forth on, on a weekend, sort of get up at 8 o'clock, get in the car, drive to Sydney, play a game, um, on the, generally on the North Shore but all over Sydney and then um, uh, once I finished high school I selected a subject that wasn't offered at Newcastle Uni which meant I had to travel to Sydney, that was physiotherapy, I landed in Sydney and that's when I started playing with, um, with what eventually became Balmain Cricket Club. So um, it was all about um, scrambling to get a team together which um, I think a lot of um, cricket clubs still go through that, um, making sure you're putting in effort to make the junior team that you're, you're working with and that the club's got a, a pipeline of talent coming through. Um, it was about a mixture of Australian players uh, and, you know, lo just people that wanted to turn up and have fun. Some kids were driving from Mudgee and Lisa Kitely. Um, so it was just a real um, melting pot of just people that loved the game from all levels and we all played Premier Cricket um, as much as we played for Australia. In fact, I would have played more club games than I did um, Australia, played for Australia in my state. Mm. You hear that story a lot about, um, about girls, especially in your era as well, having to play with boys at, at the sort of early age as well. But that's slowly changing, isn't it? There's going to be more and more girls teams at the grassroots level around, around the country. Yeah, so we've got a lot more girls teams playing now. And, um, I mean, some small country towns still only have the option of playing right. in boys' comps. But most places now have got girls' comps. It's sort of growing steadily. And um, we're absolutely thrilled that, that that is the case. So that, you know, if you're really good and you want to test yourself with the boys, you can still do mm. that. But to get the masses playing, you do need to provide mm. them an option to play with their friends. And, mm. and that's one of the things that attracts girls to the game. Mm. Mm. We often ask this of, like... Uh, esteemed guests who come on who had careers where they were just absolute doyens. I mean, you've scored so many runs. I, know, I mean, for yeah. me growing up, it was mm. just whenever I saw women's cricket scores, I expected mm. Belinda Clark B. to have Clark. 100 yeah. next to her name or 200 mm. or whatnot. I mean, I guess my question is, when did you realise you were just way better than everybody? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually... Uh, you probably remember the days you didn't score runs, not the, not necessarily oh, yeah. the days oh, yeah. you did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. common yeah. for all cricketers as well. I remember a homecoming, um, <laughs> having a uh, an international match played um, Australia England. I think it was at Newcastle Sports Ground, which is where I grew up watching right. um, touring teams come through and mm. play in the in the local town, uh, and it was the the home field for my brother's team. So I um I went back and they made a big fuss that I was coming home and I was playing my first game on Newcastle Number One Sports Ground. I got a golden duck. <laughs> <laughs> so that that uh, the next time I played there, I did actually play there again. I made sure I didn't do that again, but um things like that happened. Yeah. But you you remember the times where you you failed as opposed to the ones <laughs> oh, that you that's succeeded. So disheartening to hear, like all your successes in your life because yeah. I had the same I remember yeah. all the failures every drop catch everything really can't remember a good day I, I was like <laughs> you, you've literally scored runs so many times that your main memories are when you didn't yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what about what about 97 World Cup you're playing against the powerhouse of Denmark you scored 229 <laughs> not out you, you surely must remember that day and obviously how, how hard the wicket was because you bowled them out for 49 yeah, so yeah. how hard was it's it a to tricky, it's a, a tricky day yeah. Yeah. tricky yeah, day yeah. that yeah. one it's a bit uh, two-paced so a couple of things that stuck in my mind um, what is a two-paced wicket by the way yeah, Every, sure. everyone talk, yeah. someone said it the other day that the wicket's two-paced yeah. yeah. I'm like no that's called a change of pace yeah. <laughs> they're doing that deliberately that's right. um, two paces yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah it was a, let me set the scene it was the smallest ground ever it was the weak opposition it was early on in a World Cup and my objective 
objective was to bat the day. Um, I hadn't had a good net <laughs> session the day before, so my oh objective my was to bat for 50 overs. <laughs> now we're getting the and I scrambled, I scrambled for the first 10 or 15 and yeah. um, I, I started to get going. And, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and I came off and uh, it was a quite, a, quite a kerfuffle at the end of the day with um, you know, people realising what had happened. And, yeah, mm. it was just... I'm not sure it was my best innings. It's the one that gets talked about. Oh, that's like Bradman. Like Bradman, Bradman yeah. said that. Bradman was like, oh, yeah. my 300 wasn't the best. It was actually my 215. Wisden said your 270 against England in the early 30s was your best ever. Greatest ever innings Greatest in ever cricket. innings in Test cricket. No, actually, no, my, yeah, uh, my, my, my 230. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seven years later, batting yeah. at number seven <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Good with the stats there. In CA Towers. Well, well yeah. let, let's talk about the Women's World Cup, right? So, I mean, you know, this is um, – I think – our demographic of this podcast is shamefully about 95% blokes. Um, but even we, I think, are getting message cut through that this is going to be an enormous event. We've definitely heard people saying that, it, you know, should Australia make the final, you, you could be looking at the highest ever attended um, sporting event yeah. Yeah. with women yep. in, in the world ever. Yeah. Right? With yep. Katy Perry playing. Yeah. Yep. Um, as a side note. Yeah. Um, you know, that must be enormously exciting and obviously you guys have a whole bunch of activity around it. We're going to talk about one thing here that I think like we will get behind massively. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, how excited is the organisation here ahead of that? Yeah, um, organisation's um, excited, but from a personal perspective, mm. I'm just absolutely wrapped that um, we've put out a bold statement that we're going to fill, a, fill an MCG, which is great. Um, 90,186 bums we need on seats. <laughs> um, but also we've got our opening game uh, at the showgrounds, Australia-India, that'll mm. be a ripper, and then two semi-finals at the SCG. So we're going to most places. Not every state's got matches, but um, but most do, and it's just a great opportunity to come along. And we don't discriminate. So boys, mm. men... They're mm. all welcome. Mm. Buy a ticket and come along. So, I was thinking, so, and this is what we're going to talk about. You guys have a program. And I should say, actually, he did not want to be mentioned, but um, there is a comms guy <laughs> in the room, Luke. I'm just looking at him now, nodding, yeah. nodding his head as, yeah. as we're about to talk about this program. But his second 11 sub-districts for Elstonwick as well. There's a lot of sub-district energy mm. in this room. Just acknowledging it here, Luke. Um, I told you I was going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you guys are running a program, the World Cup Club's ticketing program. Okay, bit of a tongue twister, I'll say. However, what you guys are doing are if clubs register for this program, which is open now, let me see if I get yep. this right, um, you can register for this program and if you sell tickets to the Women's World Cup, for every adult ticket you sell, you get $5 back. It's a wonderful fundraising opportunity where you get $5. If you sell a child's ticket, you get $1 for that. So if a club sells, for example, 1,000 tickets to the Women's World Cup, um, 1,000 adult tickets, yep. they get $5,000. Right. So it's a great fundraising opportunity. Yep. Um, and same same with the kids as well. Do we have the website for that? We do. Uh, T20worldcup.com forward slash clubs. Make, make sure you go and, uh, and register because it's a great opportunity to um, um, not only buy a ticket for yourself mm. but encourage your teammates to come along, your teammates' family to come along and then connect people. This game's got a great way of connecting people together and this is just another way of doing that mm. and picking up some funds along the way. Mm. Look it's at our smooth foray into um, plugging stuff. Yeah. No, I was going to. I was going to say, like, uh, are you guys confident? How confident are you of ninety thousand people for that for that final? Because I mean, it's funny because like the way the, the the men's calendar, especially, has been set up this year. Like the, the national team sort of stopped playing here early January. Big bash went on for a bit, but now there's there's still this hunger because most people who who play cricket in Australia are still playing until March. There's still like a hunger there to see international competitive cricket. So you must be, I'd say, relatively confident if, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm um, very confident, and and obviously. Um, uh, having the opportunity to 
um, have such a big stadium here and make a bold yeah. statement. And that was part of the reason that we went down this path right. was to, to really throw the, um, you know, throw the, 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 the lure way out there and say, yeah. Let, let's go get it. So, um, look, I'm, I'm reasonably confident, particularly in this city. Um, Melburnians are, um, you know, really love their sport and we think we're going to put on a great show for them. So, fingers crossed the Aussie team does well. But regardless, it's going to be a great celebration of, um, you know, women and girls on the 8th of March. Mm. I was going to say, just in the briefing for this, I, I saw that, like, one of the upsides of running this program is that, like, cricket clubs are remaining open, right? So, you can register not only, like, for these tickets, but it, it, it reminds people that you can register to play while the tournament's on next year and, you know, in, in a time when normally cricket clubs will have finished by now and have closed. And, you know, as we sit here at CA Towers with the MCG overlooking us and everyone here bows down to AFL, clearly this is you guys just <laughs> wanting to take on AFL now yeah. and win the month of March. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? If it's there to be they one. They want every other yeah. month. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they've forgotten when footy season is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, footy season starts after Easter in April, yeah. unless it's AFLW, which is mm. sort of sneaking into the, into the cricket season. Um, yeah, look, we're, we're, um, we're just absolutely wrapped that we've got such a big world event. This is a once-in-a-lifetime um, opportunity to, mm. for dads to grab their daughters. It's, you know, mum and dad. It's about um, mates coming along. It's just going to be um, a great celebration um, of cricket. We think it's going to be big. Yeah, you say that about the sort of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You obviously happened in Australia for 11 years. I mean, this is Meg Lanning's team now. It's a great team, just like you had, you had many great teams as well when you were playing. I mean, what's Meg Lanning on the precipice of here in terms of the achievement, a home final, 90,000 people, all this stuff? It's, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right, for her? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the players. Yeah, and um, I mean, I think if I'm just keep trying to put myself back in those sort of playing shoes and think, you know... Do the, you want to be selected? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> How would uh, you go? I, I've uh, had a few years in, the, in, the, in a good paddock, <laughs> but after that I'm, I'm ready. But, um, you know, you think, well, what, what sort of pressure are they going to have to deal with? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. To, to make their way through the tournament and get get themselves into a semi-final. Um, they lost the semi-final of the World Cup in, in England um, against India. They didn't make the final. They had to sit and watch it and they've been a different team ever since. Mm. So um, I think that she in particular, um, she will not want to let this chance go by and she's got to keep the whole team calm while mm. she delivers herself. So... It's going to be fascinating to see how mm. they handle handle the pressure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's one of the like kind of paradoxical selling points of this as well. Because if you can get a whole bunch of people around Australia to say, "Oh, is there another tournament we can win yeah. and feel the oh, reflected yeah. glory of it, yeah. and then boost our own national self esteem yeah. superficially," then people will get on board for that. But at the same time, that puts a lot of pressure on the team to deliver as well. It's like you not only have to win this mm. as favourites, mm. but you carry the nation's expectations as well as. CA's need for there to be 90,000 people at the MCG. <laughs> well, especially, especially if, like, Collingwood have a slow start this well, season. Well, that's right. Well, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry that, about that, Belinda. Yeah, yeah. Take it as a comment. Um, you, you said, <laughs> uh, I believe you are going to join us for Ask TGC, um, which would be, well, it would be the first time we've had uh, a woman join us for Ask TGC, which is neither here nor there, but we wanted to get you along particularly because you are the Executive General Manager of Community Cricket. <laughs> and this, these are your constituents mm. uh, who are asking questions, uh, very important questions about their relationship to the game, other relationships to the game, etc. So we'd love your views on some of these questions. Do you have the first one there? Oh, I'll go with the first one. To okay. kick off well, with, uh, he goes, uh, and apologies in advance. Yeah, worryingly, as an omen, this one's from Anonymous, so um, <laughs> they didn't want to attach their name to it. Dear hashtag RTDC slash Dream Analyzers. 
from a low point last year where I was fighting against uh, a serious cricketing relapse revealed in your podcast about seven months ago, I felt I had made a strong recovery and returned to an even keel in recent months. After live streaming the World Cup final on my tablet in the maternity ward with my wife and one day old child next to me, I managed to start the, ro- the, the road to recovery by cancelling my Sky Sports cricket subscription after watching The Ashes then following up by unsubscribing from all cricket-related Instagram and podcast feeds, except yours, good. and proceeded to throw myself into first-time fatherhood. Everything's going well so, so far. So far, so far good. Things seem to be going well. This was until I had this dream last night. This was, no doubt, brought on by recently finding some old pictures from my first season in England over 20 years ago. The dream started innocently enough, a nostalgic view of some good performances with the bat in past matches, the sound of leather on willow, and the sight of the ball clearing the rope at my old club in Kent. But then it changed and I found myself as part of the club's setup, walking between the two ovals, talking to the players, none of whom I recognise, checking the state of the covers, etc., as if play was about to start and I was helping get things ready. Then it struck me, why wasn't I playing? So I immediately thought of emailing the club captain to inform him I was available and also strangely requesting a clean slate from any previous indiscretions at the club, which might be tarnishing my good record, though I could not think of one even once a week. Having put my hand up for selection, my thoughts now turned to preparing to play. Detailed dream. Thoughts of using Google Maps to alter my commute via the oval nets. Imagining calling to organise a net session once a week and trying to estimate the timing and cost of all this raced through my mind. Remember, this is all still a dream. Then my cricket antibodies started to kick in, questioning everything as I was planning. You're too old. You'll never get in shape in time. It'll cost a fortune to hire a net. Bowling machine and coach. You have a 90-minute commute home. How can you fit a net session into that and get home to help with the baby? Why would you be able to, would you be able to afford a new kit? You only have a family car now. Are you going to take your wife and child with you to every match? What would they do on Saturdays? This is the most detailed dream I've ever thought. Mm. Don't they just go for three seconds straight? Anyway, yeah. At this point, the turmoil-induced adrenaline woke me up with a start. It was 4.30 a.m. and I couldn't get back to sleep. The confusion as to why there is this continued torture about wanting to return to the game kept me awake until it was time to get up to go to work. I'm now writing this on the tube on the way in. How can I resolve this inner conflict of wanting to play again against the reality of being middle-aged with my best cricketing performances well and truly in the past? Help me, TJC. You're my only hope. Regards, Anonymous. Okay. I wonder why Anonymous. I mean, that... There was nothing, yeah, there was nothing yeah, really offensive about that. Clearly embarrassed yeah. um, by that. Well, I mean, I guess the first thing I would say is that cricketing dreams has been a, like a consistent theme on the grade cricketer. Yeah. But most of the time, it's just not being able to get your pads on or run yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or getting timed out. Yes. This is very detailed. This is walking around the ground. This is being an administrator of sorts mm. and then thinking about playing, yeah, so etc. so his return to cricket is as an admin- administrator, and a scorer. Slash, slash player, yeah. yeah. It's more of a kind of um, pastoral role <laughs> in the game, which yeah. is very – now I see why he wanted to be anonymous. <laughs> Belinda, perhaps you could enlighten us on whether you've ever, after a stellar career, wanted to pull the pads on again or whether you even have... Do you have cricket dreams at all? Uh, I haven't had one for a while. Um, I have had that one where you're not quite ready to go in and to bat and mm. um, it's time to, to go in and bat. But, is it um, pads? Can't get the pads is on? Is it pads or gloves? Yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Like you forget your gloves. You yeah. just, you've left something at home. Like just the whole whole thing. I get run wrong. out in my dreams. I can't run. Can't complete a can't run. run. Jackson Bird had salad sandwiches in his gloves. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. yeah. <laughs> he put hand in his gloves and it was just salad <laughs> was sandwiches. Salad sandwich. <laughs> Why are there salad sandwiches? Definitely yeah. salad? Yeah, he said he, he, he was said specific. Salad. It was salad yeah. sandwiches. He's in Australia then. Yeah. 
<laughs> different sandwich in England. Um, look, I think this person's just dealing with the, um, you know, it's like the the moth becoming a butterfly of being selfish as a player and yeah. now is trying to come back as a, oh, a volunteer and yeah. a, a helper and helping mm. other people. Okay. Um, and they're struggling with that because they actually want to go back and be the selfish yeah. player and they've got a and they've yeah. got a child as well. Mm. So I think it's all tangled up. It's right. very interesting, isn't it? Yes. A- it as is, the yeah. EGM of community cricket in this mm. nation, would you would you encourage anonymous to actually take up a volunteer role? Perhaps? Yes, start with live scoring. Start with going down <laughs> to your junior club, opening up the iPad and, and contributing to the joy that kids have when they play this great sport. And that's start how you, there. Start simple. Yeah. Yeah. You just joined fatherhood as well. So okay, yeah. there you yeah, go. Sign anonymous. up your kid for Woolworths Cricket Blast. There you go. Yeah. There's another tip. <laughs> more, more messaging. That's good. Good. <laughs> okay. What, uh, if, what if I find about this is like none of these people know that Blindle Clark was going to be answering these questions. Exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. Thought two yeah. idiots from the internet That's were right. going to be. Yeah. Uh, Tim Young writes in full name. Um, sounds real. To, <laughs> dear TJC, a former teammate has been spending a winter playing subbies in Melbourne, earning minimal. He has just sent this text. Inverted commas here. Lads had a tricky few days. Currently in a detention centre in Melbourne. Get deported tomorrow on a. F- 335 flight to Gatwick, not complying with the terms of my visa. Didn't want you to hear it from anyone else, but I hope I see you all soon. In text, is this, is, a question, is this A, the ultimate alpha move from an Australian government who really have their eye on the ball at the moment and so should be praised for their vigilance? B, a clever ploy to distract from said player's decision to pack the game in at the age of 26 after a failed attempt at a first-class career? C, a deep fake to allow him to continue to live in Australia, keeping his English friends none the wiser as he spies for the Chinese government. It's one of those three well, things, it's, obviously. it's definitely not A. It's not the government. Just, just, sorry, Belinda's head is in her hands. <laughs> yeah. See, the first one, going, first one was like a I nice here? kind of dream story volunteer <laughs> yeah. stuff and the second one's like, I'm in a detention centre yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah. Am yeah. I as Chinese government spy? Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's more likely for mine, well, it's probably B, a clever ploy to distract from said player's decision to pack the game in at 26. Yeah, and he doesn't want to face his friends. Either that or a Chinese spy. Mm. So probably Chinese Australian, spy. Australian government for deporting, deportation, etc. No, that was A. It's not yeah. that one. It's not the government one. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a clever ploy to distract. So I don't think he has been deported. I think he's in the country. Yeah. He's, still, okay. he's still residing in Melbourne somewhere. So he's not in a detention centre. It's just an extremely elaborate If he's life. in a detention centre, why is he texting? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Because they take... Do you know that they take away your phones? When I was there, what happened yeah. to me was... <laughs> Belinda, I mean, what's, your, what's your instinct here? You'd come across stuff like this all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's obviously a very clear process to follow when you want a sports visa to play, for, <laughs> play cricket in this country. And it's inside my department that actually sorts this out. So if, he, if he's rubbish the rules, I'd be most upset. Um, but I would say have a good hard look at yourself because you're ruining it for everyone else. Oh, my God. Brilliant. Matty B. Dear TGC, love the podcast. Here goes. I'm a batsman from England who decided to come to Australia for six months to play cricket on the back of three consecutive seasons where I averaged 25 with the bat. Since arriving, I've scored less than 100 runs and an average of 12. In the past week alone, I was given out first ball of the game in a two-day. I caught a short leg off my thigh pad in a decision so rough that the bowler hung his head in shame with a look of horror and slight amusement as he accepted the high fives and bum slaps from his teammates. I've since been champed by the staff working at a Santa on the beach Christmas photo. Given that I have a degree in uh, mathematics from a top 10 British university, is it time to move on from this childish pastime and accept that my place is in fact inner city financial district rather than attempting to replicate Alistair Cook and fulfil my goal of making first grade runs away from home? If I continue to pursue this and somehow succeed, would that make me a more complete player than Warner? Should I pack it up and just go home? Cheers, boys. Hashtag ITDC. All right, so... 
This is a particular style of question we often get, Belinda, where it appears on the surface to be self-deprecating, mm. should I give it up, but he manages <laughs> yeah. to sneak in a number of comments about himself. Yeah. It is a man, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, of, uh, of, of wanting to score first-grade runs, yeah. i.e. I've played first-grade yes. uh, in Australia, yeah. that I have a maths degree from a top-ten top British 10. university. Yeah, top-ten. Yeah. Who, yeah. who talks like Who's that? Who's ranking? Who says top-ten British yeah. university? It must be like ninth then. Exactly. If it, was, if it was fourth, he'd say top yeah. five. I know this sort of guy. <laughs> Calls himself Matty B. <laughs> Sorry, we disparage these yeah. people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for writing in, Matthew. Yeah, thanks anyway. And, and yeah... Um, he also, I, I averaged twenty five of the bat. Obviously. I mean, that's not a that's not a good average. Uh, I, I don't is know. It, I isn't mean, the answer though? Like, get your runs at home. Like, yeah. runs away from home don't count. Yeah, and it's probably Steve about Smith right that, that like you you average double in England than you do in Australia in yeah. terms of club cricket uh, standard. Yeah, be about right. Yep. Yeah, Belinda. It, well, you scored, you scored 229 like normal, not out away from home. That was in India. It sounds like a normal season, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> you're hot one minute. Well, I, I wouldn't say averaging 25 is actually good to start with, would you? No. Like, no. That's, that's for, for normal hard. people, it is. See, I'd kill it not 25. You. What did would you average? You? What was your test average uh, for roughly? Do you know what I think? Oh, yeah, what well, no, is it? Decimal place? Yeah. No, I don't know. To the decimal place. To the place. Do you want to guess <laughs> it? Yeah. Uh, 45.82. <laughs> please go. be right. Please be right. Come on. 45.82. It's like the price is right. I'd, I, and in, in fact, it, it, can we say 46 from then on if it is true, if it's yeah. over 0.5? You round up, don't so, you? So what's <laughs> – you see that on your uh, messages. Yeah. Um, so you said your test average was 45.82? Yeah. What is um, it? 45.95. Oh, oh that's God. close. I've missed. I've undershot. That's close. ODIs? Do you want to go? Oh, uh, it's 45 again, isn't it? Point something. Yeah. 7.2. 47.49. Oh, okay. There okay. you go. Come on, not outs in there. there. You go. A bit on. impatient in the test game. Um, so what? What should he do? I, I um, I think oh, he's done what he wanted to do, which yeah. was have yeah. um, his story told to yeah. thirty thousand yeah. people. Yeah, I think um, about being good at maths. Maths, <laughs> yeah. maths. Go yeah. back to maths. Go back to maths. Yeah. Yeah. In a city. Yeah. Financial yeah. district. Yeah. 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 Leave it. Got there. nothing for you. Sorry. Okay. No, no, that's, that's all right. right. Oh. Okay. I'm conscious of your time here, Belinda. We just got one for Philip. Uh, hey guys. Okay. One of the promising young players at our club began the season referring to himself as Smudge. What the F? Mm. We don't swear in this cast. Um, Purchasing all new balance gear and taking on certain characteristics of one SPD Smith, Peter Devereux Smith. Uh, We are now 12 rounds into the season and he has 150 runs in total, has been dropped down two grades and kicked uh, from the first grade WhatsApp group. Is this an appropriate punishment for committing utter blasphemy? That is referring to Steve Smith. Uh, Thanks. Thanks. His biggest punishment there has been kicked out of a WhatsApp group. That's really ostracising, and yeah. rightfully so. Because if he went with Smudge, but he had, like, let's say, Kookaburra kit, then it would be a bit of a joke. But the mm. fact that he's committed to full New Balance kit and he's calling himself Smudge, probably doing mm. some weird leaves as well. Mm. Like, he's really... What's this guy's name? doesn't say. It doesn't say, but... I don't Maybe he's just doing a bit. I mean, maybe he's not that good at cricket, but he goes, look, I'm just going to be smudge. Everyone everyone in a cricket team needs an identity, don't they, Belinda? Like, you, mm. you know, if you're not the top run scorer or whatever, mm. you have to be the funny person or you have to have a story in the stretching circle mm. or you have to be good on the circuit or something. And this guy has got no cricket... Uh, See, if like Marnus was like yeah. starting to call himself smudge and yeah. like next season comes back a new balance kit, then yeah. I'd be like, I'm okay with that. That's it's fine, funny. Yeah. You scored 1,200 test runs last yeah. year. Doesn't it just go to show, Belinda, really, <laughs> that like... It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, this is sadly, it doesn't matter who you are or what you're about. If you score runs, you'll be respected. And if you don't, you're going to be kicked out of your WhatsApp group. 
I mean, is that is that the message you want to send as a AGM no, community no, cricket? No, I, I think he needs to get put back in that WhatsApp group. Yeah, give him, him another back. chance. Oh, mm. Put him back. Put him back in. Um, he's trying hard. He's done the hard yards. If he's doing all the mannerisms, I mean, mm. we all learn by imitating. True. So True. I think if he's got all that down pat, I'd, I'd give him another go. Do you think it's a case of also? Maybe the, like the encouragement to the guy as well who, who's imitating Smudge is just be yourself and you know, just play the way that you want to play. Or is it actually quite good to just pretend to be Steve Smith? Uh, well, I think mm. um, oh, look, it's just one of those tricky ones, isn't mm. it? I think um, it, the, I don't think the Steve Smith thing's working for him if he's not scoring runs. That's ultimately yeah, the test, yeah, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. it maybe he needs either to pick someone else yeah. or try himself. Bradman, he's going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Has his WhatsApp name, Sir Don. Interesting to, pad, back interesting uh, outfit. They got the full flannels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buckle pads, buckle, button up shirt, <laughs> button up shirt. Yeah, yeah. nice yeah. Van Heusen number. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've stolen more of your time than we said we would, Belinda, but we very much appreciate you coming on and dealing with these questions. I mean, what, what's your view of the state of uh, grassroots cricket off the back of these questions now? Sounds like it's healthy. A little bit of um, a little bit of confusion in the in the minds yeah. of these um, young guys mainly. Yeah. But um, yes. you know, be yourself, keep playing the game, and connect with your teammates. Oh, that's that's, that's really nice. That's, that's really lovely. nice. Yeah, oh, I don't trust it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Belinda. Thank you. Thanks, guys.